Ladies and gentlemen, next weekend is the big one. It is. It's the Old Trafford, Manchester United versus Liverpool. Um, I'm guessing you're going to come back off loan. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going back to my parent club this weekend. Yeah, half oh, fair. Okay, and we're going to do it. We're going to watch the game together. Yep. We've, we've designed and... a very special edition logo where we are wearing yep. the respected kits of our teams. Yep. That they'll be wearing on the day, I believe. We hope. We yeah. hope, otherwise we do. We will look like fools. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's something to look forward to. It's going to be very tense. Yeah. And someone is not going to have a good time. <laughs> someone is not going to have a good time, which means you lot all will. So enjoy. Yeah. I think basically, I think if Man United lose, it's kind of to be expected. If Liverpool lose, it's, it's really embarrassing for you, given how bad Man oh, United wow. So, are. So, oh, wow. See, so you're, you're applying the pressure already. So you've got more to lose is what I'm saying. Wow. Okay. 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 Dan, I'd quickly just want to also um, brag a little bit, as I tend to do. I ran another um, race yesterday. I did a 10K and I've got a new personal best of 42 minutes and 58 seconds, I think it was. So if you oh, want to do a 10K, that's the, that's the time to beat. Oi. Oi. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm Honestly, running. stop it. Yeah. Autographs later, people. Autographs later. Exactly. <laughs> how are you? How are we feeling today? Uh, good, actually. I just completely, no pun intended, just completely took it in my stride. I, yeah, Honestly, just did the run in the morning, collected my medal, came home, got changed, went back out. You know what I mean? Just, just did the ting. You're just a, you're just a modern day hero. You're just a modern day hero. In saying that, uh, we're here to talk about. Genuine athletes, um, <laughs> and although he says, <laughs> although he said international football was a bit boring, um, I think as an English person and as a fan of the English national team, um, part of the reason why internationals tend to be boring is because England always win in qualifiers, etc. However, they lost a qualifier on Friday. There, did you watch the game at all, then? Um, I watched, I watched a little bit. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what I was doing and why I couldn't watch it. Um, what was the reason? It was Friday, wasn't it? Friday night. Yeah. That was literally, I didn't think there was any reason. I think I watched the first half and was just a bit like, this is, this is just a little bit like I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Um, I did watch the Northern Ireland Netherlands game though. Oh, interesting. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the England game, you're right. I think the problem is, is, I think it's the competition that we come up against. Yeah. 
because we're always top seeds mm-hmm. and we're facing, you know I mean, the, the best team we're normally facing is someone like San Marino or well, 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 they're, they're not the best, best team. team. <laughs> no, not quite. But well, it'll be the best team is like, like an Austria or Switzerland or something. Yeah. And it's just like, really? Is that, is that what we're trying to do? Mm. Like, and I think that's why tournaments are so exciting is because it becomes a round robin mm. and you can then sort of pick up more exciting matches. Yeah, I hear that. I definitely hear that. Um, unfortunately, I didn't actually watch the game at all. Being completely honest, I entirely forgot about it until the next morning I woke up, looked at my phone and it said Czech Republic 2, England 1. And I thought, oh, it's an interesting score prediction. Um, clicked on it. It wasn't a score prediction, it was highlights. <laughs> so can we, can, we just, can we just say we are we are four and a half minutes in? Yeah. Right. You've admitted that you completely forgot about football. I've admitted <laughs> that I couldn't really be asked to watch it, and we're currently trying to do a football podcast. Well, you know what you're Jesus in for in this Christ. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep, keep tuning in. Keep tuning in. If and nothing else, we're professional. Well, with that being said, I unfortunately have very little to say about European qualifiers. Uh, well, I, I've got a bit more to say. Um, so thankfully I did catch some football. Nice. Uh, as I said, as I said, I watched the Northern Ireland Netherlands game. Yeah. Um, where Northern Ireland actually took the lead Mm -hmm. and the game was in the Netherlands. So it was, you know, it was a bit of a shock. Uh, I think it was Josh McGuinness Mm -hmm. scored. Um, only for Netherlands to sort of score, you know, a few a few late goals to make it three one. Yeah, which was tough on Northern Ireland. Um, was real tough. Um, two of Netherlands goals came in the ninetieth minute. So, um, what's the situation with Northern Ireland? Because um, from what I gather, they're like in contention to to qualify and looking pretty good at the top of their group, but they've got some difficult games ahead of them, if, if I'm not... Well, so as it, as, it, as it stands now, mm-hmm. uh, Northern Ireland a third. Yeah. Uh, Germany a second, Netherlands a top. Okay. And there's three points separating them. Ooh. Which is an incredible feat for Northern Ireland, because yeah. no one ever thought that they were going to get anywhere near. Um, they've taken their opportunities against Belarus and Estonia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who they've got next. I just had a look, uh, and it seems like Germany are actually playing right now against Estonia. Currently, they are, nil yes. at half time. So, the next game in November, Northern Ireland got the Netherlands <sighs> at home, and then Germany away. Mm. So. I mean, you can never say never in football, but never seems pretty. Um, I think it's close. Yeah, it's safe to say like Germany and Netherlands are probably two of the best teams in European football at the moment. I yeah. mean, Netherlands have like the best defender in the world and for some arguably the best player in the world. And even um, Memphis Depay looks like he's really firing for his country. Um, yeah. Germany have got um, Gnabry 
who looks incredible at the moment. I don't know why Arsenal got rid of him. Have um, you seen his record for Germany? I haven't, no. I'm, you're going to tell me it's incredible, right? So before today's game, he had played 11. Yeah. Scored 10. Wow. That's, that's like, push gas levels. Like, it's insane. It is insane how he's doing. And the thing is, is like, you know, there was there was a time when I think it was Pulis that said he's not good enough to play for the West Brom team. Unbelievable. Like, like he's shaping up. The guy is shaping up now. Um, Maybe he's he just homesick. Maybe he just <sighs> needs to be in Germany to play play football. The thing is, it's not just that as well. It's a little bit different playing for a Tony Pulis side than playing for Bayern Munich, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, that you've kind of got you kind of got to think about that as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, so just uh, just going back to the Northern Ireland game, they were real unlucky. Yeah, uh, and I thought they played well. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a complete battering that you'd expect from years gone by. Mm. Um, so he, so they've got, um, like I said, they've got Netherlands in Germany next. I don't really expect them to do anything against them, mm-hmm. but they've done so well mm. up until now that there's, you can't really knock them out now. Yeah, you can't rule them you out. Can't really say, yeah. So, but it'll be very interesting to see. Um, the other game I watched was today, it was uh, Scotland-San Marino. Oh, I mean, San Marino are like the whipping boys of European Cup qualifiers. But Scotland of recent have been dreadful. How did that one go? Uh, so, so San Marino continued to be the whipping boys, which I think is probably... I can't decide whether or not that's a shock because of how bad Scotland have been. Mm. Um, Scotland won six nil. That must do a bit of good for Scotland's confidence. Well, I mean, it it, it does, but at the same time, at the same time, they're out. Like the only way they can now qualify for the Euros is through the Nations League. Um, So they're not... It's sort of a dead rubber almost. It might really, give you a little bit of confidence. Yeah. But they're playing San Marino, so it's kind of... It, it, I don't know what... It might be a confidence booster to some because of how bad they've been recently, but at the same time, it's something you should be doing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I mean, if you can take a look at how Scotland's sixth goal came about, um, it was... It was real bizarre. Uh, a Scotland player got fouled just past the halfway line going into San Marino's half. Uh, mm-hmm. the, def- the, the referee never blew the whistle. The defender passed it back to the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper was outside of his area in the D and picked the ball up. Just just picked the ball up. Did he not know? No, no. He thought, I'm guessing he thought that the whistle had blown or something like that. Oh, that's bad. Put, picked the ball Pick the ball up. The ref gave a free kick. Scotland scored from the free kick. Ah, oh, that's tough. Like that's real tough. Like, but you're not going to see that anywhere else. Do you know what I mean? I think I think that's that's kind of the point about internationals being boring. 
is that we enjoy tournaments so much because there are, you know what I mean? Like it's like, and even the nation's league to a degree, I enjoy the nation's league because you know what I mean? England were playing high caliber sides. They were playing Croatia. They were playing the Netherlands. They were playing games like that. You're playing high, high, high quality teams. Like Portugal, Netherlands is a good game. Absolutely. Two yeah. Good sides. Um, and I think players. that's why people, I think that's because, to be honest, when, when I heard about the Nations League, I thought this is an awful idea. Mm. It just seemed too confusing, but it brings good teams together. And anything that brings good teams together, I'm kind of a, an advocate for. Yeah. Um, I, did, I did find so, it quite exciting, the Nations League, if I'm completely honest. As much as, for the most part, I didn't really understand it, by the end, uh, it was quite exciting, quite exhilarating, to be fair. And obviously England gave I, it a really good go. I think that's because England done well, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, that's a, yeah definitely like, got a massive it's, 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 it's never going to compare to the major tournaments. The major tournaments is where I, you know, become that become an England fan. I mean, yeah. I say that I'm an England fan always, and I'll always, but the problem is, is it's just boring when it's, when you think it's going to be a, you know, a walkover. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I think, you know. Go on, sorry. Carry on, carry on. I was going to say, going back to that uh, Scotland game against San Marino, just in San Marino's defence, uh, they are a very small country within a country. They're like an independent state within Italy. And I had a look. Their population wouldn't fill the Riverside Stadium, which is Middlesbrough Stadium. Really? Yeah. They've only got a population of about 33,000. So that is mad interesting. Yeah. It's a that tiny is crazy interesting, town. actually. It's basically a town that is independent. For whatever reason, I don't know. I, I don't really know too much about Italian politics, but yeah, it's in Italy, but not Italy. One of them. Wow. Okay. I mean, no, and I, and I get it. <laughs> I, I I kind of I kind of get what you're saying about like the whole population and that they've got not got many to pick from, and and I completely understand that. And everyone should have their their go if they are eligible mm-hmm. and I wouldn't I wouldn't want them to stop playing matches that's not but what I am saying is, is I just find it boring I yeah. just think that do you know what I mean winning 6-0 you know Scotland winning 6-0 is a, it says something absolutely so Scotland are poor Scotland are real poor um, what about um, John them, McGinn good game I think John McGinn got a hat trick yeah He's looking um, kind of tasty. I like John McGinn. Um, I actually read an article today that sort of said that um, Manchester United's three-year plan um, and signing John McGinn was part of year two. Interesting. Um, it could happen. And well, thing is, from whenever I've seen John McGinn, he's always been impressive. Um, he's got that bit of bite, you know, he's good technically. Um, he's always a threat from long shots. Um, and I think that's what you need. I don't think you have anything like that. Mm. I mean, we spoke, we spoke, we spoke a little bit about your midfielders the other day and there's no one really there that shouts at you. Um, I just thought actually, Scott McTomney, do you think his first name is named after his country of origin. Mm. 
Do you think he's named I'm Scott say, after Scotland? <laughs> I'm, go, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, but Scott, if you're listening, which I know you are, big fan, Scott. Big fan. Just give us a shout. Just give us a tweet. Let us know. Potentially quite a patriotic thing to do as a parent to name your child after country of birth. Yep. Interesting. Wow. Anyway. I mean, that's a rough one. Because <laughs> um, the England women's team yeah. the other day, yeah. they played and Beth England scored for them. I did see that game actually, yeah. I'm sure, so... I mean, there's, there's a few examples of that. Joey Essex, um, his last name is Essex. I think his ancestors um, maybe created Essex, essentially. Wow. Anyway, I digress. Sorry. <laughs> um, the um, I'm just checking through the results now. Mm-hmm. Wales, Wales have equalised. Oh, go on, Wales. They've got a tasty I'll team, get, Wales. I'll give you a penny for who got the equaliser. Uh, it's it's going to be Gareth Bale, isn't it? Yeah, there it is. Always Gareth Bale. Uh, so... Austria are beating Slovenia. And that's that's the only... Oh, and Germany are drawing with Estonia. Yeah, just gone off time. Yeah, and Emre Chan got sent off. Looking at the tables as well, it seems like the teams you would kind of expect to progress are looking likely to progress. The only one upon my glances would be... I expected a little bit more from Wales, if I'm completely honest based on the fact they've got three or four players that play at like a really high level, namely Aaron Ramsey, obviously Gareth Bale, arguably um, Dan James. Should Wales be qualifying for tournaments like the Euros? I think everyone, I think everyone bases their opinion on that showing from Euro 2016 when they got to the semis. Yeah. I don't think Wales are that great. Um, I mean, admittedly, yes, they have got, they have got the sort of, they got Ramsey, they got Bale, they got Dan James and they have got some good players, but there's, when you look at their squad, there's, there's a few that let the side down as well. Mm. Um, you don't think Gareth Bale I mean, can carry a team like Ronaldo can carry Portugal? Not well, that he I needs mean, to anymore, but Gareth Bale has been carrying Wales. Mm. He has been carrying Wales, but how long he can do it for? I mean, Wales, Wales defence tonight is Ben Davis, Tom Lockyer, uh, Joe Roden and Connor Roberts. Joe Roden from not, the podcast? No, that's Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe yeah. Roden. Joe Roden, yeah. Stop it. <laughs> um, and, and so, I mean, that and Wayne Hennessy in goal, that's not that's not a back five that screams, ah, we'll keep a clean sheet today. Yeah. Which inevitably they haven't. Um... So, yeah, I just think that they've got that glimmer um, with Bale, James and Ramsey. Um, but beyond that, I'm not... Not convinced they're good enough. Yeah, I, I just I just don't expect them to be there. Fair enough. That, that, I, think, I think that's the thing. I don't expect them to be there. I, I expect them to get some results. But I'd never be like, oh, I'm shocked the Wales didn't make it. Yeah, I guess there's a small part of me that has a sort of 
maybe a soft spot for Wales. Not that I have any particular affiliation to them other than a few friends. Um, but I'd just like to see them do well. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Mm. Um, I, me, I mean, I, they're going to qualify anyway. Mm-hmm. But France, France are currently second in their group. Oh, yeah. France are like, um, I mean, world champions. Like, France, Turkey is currently top of the group. It's on goal difference. Actually, I think it's on head-to-head. Sorry. I think it's on head-to-head. But the I just kind of expected France to sort of walk that group. They're still going to qualify, though, and I guess that's what's the most important thing. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I think it's just from my perspective. I The difference being with Wales and France is I expected France to battle everyone in that group. Yeah, true. Um, and I didn't foresee Turkey doing as well as what they are doing. I do miss Turkey of the uh, maybe about 15 years ago when they had players like oh. Hasan Sass, Hakan Shuka, Rek Barosh doing goal. And then they had... Oh. Uh, who was the guy that did the um, rainbow flick in the World Cup 2002? Is that Sanli Tunchai? Was that his name? Oh, Tunchai, yes. Yeah, man. Bring Turkey back. Oh, There's, it's been a while since Turkey have been like up there, like a good club. They were oh, semi-finalists of that World Cup in 2002, if I remember correctly, or quarter-finalists or something. But yeah, Turkey Football Club, big up your chest. I who like is Turkey. that? Who is that? Who is that guy, like Turkey Sergio Ramos, that sort of got in David Beckham's face? Uh, what, centre-back? Yeah. Uh, oh, I can't think of the top of my head. Oh. Soyuncu. What? No, that's the new one, isn't it? No, no he plays for Leicester. Yeah. Um, oh, who was it? I cannot remember off the top of my head. Maybe we should put it out to the listeners if you know who this player is. Alpi. Ah, you got it. Alpi. Shout out yes, Alpi. Alpi. Was he yeah, playing the he Premiership? Was... Yeah, he played for uh, Villa, I think. Yeah. Oh, shout out Alpi. They've had some great players, man. Like, Nuri Sayan. Emre played for them. Emre was a good, decent player. Hamit Altintop. Remember Hamit Altintop? Oh, oh, good shout from you. He might you. still be playing. And uh, there was that one who played for... Um, he played for Barcelona, Arda. Arda Turan. Arda Turan, yeah. Yeah, because didn't... Isn't he in prison now? What? For real? Yeah, yeah I think he's in prison or he's got a suspended sentence. What What was that um, for? I think, he sh- I think he was carrying a gun aiming to shoot someone or something like that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, mad. Okay, madness. I'll take it back. Not shout out Arda. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, similar. Arda Turan sentenced to prison for firing gun at hospital at hospital after nightclub fight fight with singer. With a sing, that's that's kind of embarrassing. So Why would you fire moving- a singer? Singers are so like unthreatening. Honestly, honestly, moving swiftly on. Yeah. Um. I yeah, I don't foresee anyone missing the Euros that that we expect. Um, and th- that's what I'm looking forward to now. The Euros. I don't know how it's going to be. And I think this is quite an interesting topic, actually. How do you think it will affect the Euros and the atmosphere? 
be in that it's going to be in a host of different countries? Um, I think well, it's not hugely likely. I'll be visiting a lot of these different countries, but as a, a spectator who often watches these tournaments from home, I personally quite like the idea of like seeing you know those clips of the country like the local fans like enjoying all these represented teams coming to their nation and you know you get a little taste of the culture I really like that kind of consistency throughout a tournament like seeing into a country and its people so I, I think I'll miss that personally but when I really think about how will it affect the atmosphere I don't know if certain games teams will feel like they're more at home than others and maybe that gives them a sort of advantage which may prove to be slightly unfair do you not almost feel like it, it feels a bit champions league it does a bit it feels like yeah playing home and away rather than just like, playing somewhere like sort of to mutual me, to me it's sort of like traditionally you sort of go to um like uh poland for instance you'd have the euros in poland yeah um and there'd be a load of, there'd be a load of fan zones and yeah. fan parks and and sort of you you play all dotted around Poland and whereas now it's such a big scope now you're you're playing all over Europe and it just feels a little bit like it doesn't feel like it has that personal touch as silly as that sounds it feels like now it's just it feels very businessy yeah it weirdly as well like I always have a, a small like liking to the home nation whoever the home nation may be it's quite nice to see the home nation have a bit of a run have the local fans really get into it and then on top of that i think it's really good for the country for like their they're going to obviously make loads of money through tourism it's probably going to do wonders for like um developing their like academies in the country remember when we had the the olympics in 2012 in london I remember off the back of that, there was so many like new sport initiatives and like these new sport things in schools. And I'm sure these football tournaments have a similar effect. So I, I, I quite like the idea of like focusing on one country and giving them the opportunity to like make a load of money from tourism, have all these new sport initiatives take place. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I just think it would be, I think it's just a bit more fun as well. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it that makes me kind of think that, everything seems a bit more jovial. It's all in one country. Everyone gets together. Mm. Whereas now it's sort of, everyone is, feels like it's at arm's length. Home and away. Yeah. Like England can play one game in Spain and then have to fly straight out to go and play a game in Switzerland. Even considering that it's going to take their toll on the players. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. There's so much. Mm. So much going to be flying and possibly. I mean, I know there's a few games in England. I know that we've got the Wembley have got one of the semi-finals and the final. Nice. Um, which would be incredible to go to, but tickets will probably be four digits. Wow. Uh, Unless you know we get some sponsored tickets because you know we do run uh, an established podcast. So we do FA an established or so, UEFA so, if you listen. So, yeah. So merely we've just got a shout out UEFA, um, all of the nations yeah, and Scott McTominay because, you know. The most patriotic player in world football. Yeah, he's a, 
he's such a fan. Such is a fan any, of the show. Is there any Turkish footballer called Turk? Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. Oh, Yildri Basturk. But that's his, that's his last name. Mm-hmm. There's got to be another player with like so much patriotism installed in them that they're named after their country. One thing I think would be good to talk to, it's been a hot topic of recent. Um, obviously, England are flying away to Bulgaria tomorrow, um, who not too long ago had a charge for racist abuse towards players in the in the stadium. Um, and there has been a worry, considering obviously England has a, a multiracial team, there has been a worry and a concern that the England players may also suffer from such racist chanting and what they should do if that was to happen. Um, before I get into it, what, what do you make of the, the fear, Dan, and the, the conversation? It's just sad, isn't it? I mean, we've gone through this and it seems like it's getting worse in this country as well. Mm-hmm. So we can't, we can't really throw too many stones because we're living in a glass house. Mm-hmm. But it's... I think it's sad that it's 2019 and we're still having to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, what I also think is quite damning is that people are having a discussion as to whether or not it's a good thing that England are going to potentially walk off the pitch if they do feel like their players are getting racially abused. Mm. Which to me should be a given. Yeah. Like, uh, and I, do you know I mean, I don't know about you and it'd be interesting to get your views on it, mm-hmm. but if, if me and you were playing in the same team and you were being racially abused, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to be out there. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because I, I fully agree. It should be a given and it makes me think whether it's, it's racism, sexism, whatever it may be. Um, the idea of any athlete or sports personality being in an environment as intense as like a football stadium, imagine like 50,000 people, any environment that intense to have any abuse thrown at you to make you feel otherized as a human being and to actually distract you from doing what you're there to do, which is participate in the sport. Um, In all cases, I think it should be a given that you have the right to walk off the pitch. In terms of... And and I think think that's it. Sorry, Joy, just to cut you off, I feel like that's it. And I feel like... It's not a given to walk off the pitch. I feel like it's a given to have the right to choose to walk off the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that with, I mean, because I know that some people have sort of come out in the news and said that they don't agree, necessarily agree with England doing it um, because it, it shows that they're, like the racists are winning. I don't necessarily believe that. Nope. Um, I believe that you're you're taking a stand. You're sort of saying, no, we, we won't be doing this. And they're going to be the ones that are missing out because they've paid for a football match that they're not going to be able to see because of their own stupidity. Who, I want to ask, who do you think is responsible for the, the word, prosecu- not prosecutors, the perpetrators of, of such abuse if it is to happen? Is it like 
in this example, is it the Bulgarian Football Association that have to take responsibility for their fans? Who who's responsible in that case, and therefore who disciplines? It's a real tough one. Mm. It's a real tough question because I think it's a it's not just a football issue. Although it's happening at a football game, it's not just a football issue. It's a it's a society issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think you you probably do punish the Bulgarian FA because that's the closest you're going to get to you know obviously apart from detaining the the people that are doing it. But the problem is, is if if twenty thousand Bulgarians or or any other nationality because yeah. I'm not obviously we're not just saying that it could be the um, sort of any other nationality uh, making monkey noises at Raheem Sterling mm. it's going to be really hard to detain 20,000 people it's just really interesting because if say for example whichever FA representing the yeah perpetrators are confronted then the first thing they're inevitably going to do is say you know, we are not, we as a FA do not stand for racism, we, et cetera, et cetera. They're essentially going to different, displace themselves from the perpetrators, which is fair because, you know, it's maybe four or five or however many people in the stadium aren't part of the Bulgarian FA. They're essentially fans, aren't they? So it's kind of weird. It's kind of like how, who is really responsible? And it almost seems in that case, unfair to charge the FA and, Front the FA, unless they haven't like dealt with it in the in the correct way in terms of like ejecting players from the stadium or you know making announcements or security, whatever it may be. It's just a real tough one, man. I don't really know how I feel about it. If I'm honest, I th- I, I think it's it is very blurred lines. Mm. You can't have. There's not an easy answer. I, I get why they charge the Bulgarian FA because I kind of think that in their mind it's the closest thing they're going to get to the perpetrators. And also, if they punish them, then maybe they won't do it again. The issue you have is is in regards to UEFA from FIFA, and I'm probably going to ruin our chances of getting them complimentary tickets now. <laughs> but they're so that their their disciplinary reactions to racism is ridiculous. It's almost non-existent. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like teams, teams will get fined more for I don't know a red card than they will for you know racism. And it's just like I think that it, it's okay. It's okay having T-shirts, you know, kick it out and all this and that, and I, and I completely get it. But if if the top dog is not singing from that same hymn sheet and making it such a priority that it gets kicked out by, do you know what I mean, by deducting points mm. or something like that, which which I know what you're saying is harsh because it's not the player's fault or anything like that. But if if that's the only way we can go to stop it because it needs to be stopped then it should be the the toughest possible punishment Mm. so that fans kind of think to themselves oh well there's a chance now that we might not make it let's stop doing it 
Yeah. You know what I mean, because because it doesn't matter what you're going to say, they're not going to be like, oh, you know, they've they've docked us three points. This is, you know, I I now realise that racism is really wrong because, it, like I said, it's a society issue. They're going to be like it yeah. regardless. Well, that's but, exactly it. Like I think even when we talk about racism in football. Racism in football isn't exclusive to football. Racism in football is a result of racism in society. So I think yeah. ultimately if we, we attack the root of the, the tree, so be it like the, the root of racism, then it gets resolved in football. So maybe it's, it's an issue that's bigger than FIFA, bigger than UEFA. It's an issue for God. I don't... I don't. Maybe not God's wrong word, but uh, yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think he listens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I get what you're saying. It's a real tough one. Yeah. Um, and as sad as it is, I don't know how it gets better. Yeah. I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like it's, it's almost down to other the other section of society. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, you know, if, you, if you know someone that's being racist, be like, what are you doing, dickhead? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Small like, dick behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and maybe that's the way to go. But, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. tough. Um, hopefully there's no, hopefully there is no racism. Yeah, Hopefully think, we don't we don't hear of any racism in these. Do you know I mean in these internationals and the the club football all around the world? Yeah, fingers crossed. We just get good win for England. Jaden Sancho scores. I'll be happy. That's and that's what, all we need. That's all we need. So uh, we didn't do a quiz last week. Um, I actually can't remember the score, but as far as I remember, you're winning in this series of quiz quizzes. I am. Quiz league. Um, so this week we decided to make generic quizzes. Uh, if you listen to previous shows, then you'll know we normally do some sort of theme that kind of relates to something that's happened in the, in the week. Um, and although I say we've done a generic quiz, some of my questions are sort of tailored to European football championships. I don't know if you've done the same oh. or you've kept it generic. Proper generic. Proper, Proper generic. generic. Okay. Yeah. I've got a couple of generic questions, but some are like sort of themed. But, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I missed, sorry, I missed the memo. That's all right. Um, <laughs> do you want to go first or, or am I going first? Are we flipping a coin? I'll go first. Okay. Wait, you going go first, first means do you ask the question first or do you answer first? Yeah, yeah, I'll ask the question first. Okay, hit me with your rhythm stick. Okay. Um, which manager has managed the most Premier League clubs? And I don't mean, when I say that, I don't mean current Premier League clubs. I mean, when they've been installed as manager, mm-hmm. the team has been a Premier League club. Okay. So it's definitely, it's got to be out of... Big Sam's got to be in there. Mark Hughes has got to be in there. Um, Martin O'Neill, not that many. Not too many Martin O'Neill. You know what? I'm just going to go straight in and say Mark Hughes. I feel like, oh, before, actually, wait, how many is Roy Hodgson? Not even that many. Steve McLeod. 
I'm going to go straight and say Mark Hughes. Yeah? Yeah. Confident? That was confident. Are you feeling confident? I think I don't even need to count them in my head. I just feel like he's managed a lot of clubs. He's always that manager who just, he managed Man City at one point. Yeah, Mark Hughes. So, so just to keep the tension flowing, right? Yeah. The first two managers you named were yeah. Mark Hughes and Sam Allardyce. Yeah. Right? One of them is correct. Got to be Mark Hughes. Nope, it's Sam Allardyce. Oh, what? So who's big Sam? He's managed West Ham, Everton, Bolton, Blackburn? Yep. Three more. Newcastle? Yep. Crystal Palace? Yep. Last one? Uh, Like a Norwich? Sunderland. Oh, man. Have been so confident. I completely forgot. I love it. I love the confidence. Oh, so close as well. That's really frustrating. Oh. Okay, Dan. This is a Euro UEFA European Championship themed question, and I've purposefully made it sort of hard because I, I you're winning quite a lot. And um, basically, so yeah. Greece won the UEFA European Football Championships in 2004 with a 1-0 win over Portugal. Who scored the winning goal for Greece? Oh. Don't tell me you know this. Oh. Now, I only remember one player. It wasn't Yanni or Renos. It, was, it wasn't Yanni or Renos? <laughs> no. Okay, that's changed, Mike. That's changed it. Um, right, now, the only, remem- the only player I can remember, he played centre-back for Roma... And his name was Delas. That the answer you're so going I'm for? Gonna go, I'm going to go for him, yeah. I'm afraid the correct answer is Angelos Caristias. Ah, <laughs> oh. I didn't know him either, but I did that on purpose. Oh, rubbish. The only player I remember was Stelios Yanakopoulos. Oh, shout. Such a long name. That must have cost so much as a kid to get that on the back of a shirt. <laughs> he played for Bolton, remember? It was, they used to yeah. like put, do a semicircle of his name on the back of the shirt. Oh, mate, it's amazing. <laughs> um, right, okay, I've, I've got a Man United question for you because I like chucking one of these in every so often. Okay, just to prove what a bad fan I am. Who is Manchester United's current longest-serving player? Just lost Antonio Valencia. The hair's got to be up there. Ashley Young's got to be up there. Hmm. Going through the team in my head. Not going to be any of our back line. Not any that start anyway. Um... Matic is probably one of our oldest, but I don't think he, he hasn't been there that long, obviously. Who was there when... Was Ashley Young there when Alex Ferguson was there? Surely it's got to be him. What about players that used to play for us and then left and came back? Like Pogba? No, no. Okay. No. Then surely it's got to be... Surely it's got 
We actually young. Oh, hold fire, because I'm by this. No, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to be bold, Ashley Young. Because he's bold too. Um, so, Ashley Young. Yeah. Is the wrong answer. <laughs> oh, who else is there? Got to be a player that doesn't You're, start games of it. So, so you were close. Oh, wait you a minute. Close. Ashley. Oh, is it Rashford? Or Lingard? No. Lingard. No, 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 no. Okay. No, so it's like it's players that have come into the first team. Okay. So Ashley Young is the second longest serving player. And David De Gea, isn't it? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Oh. Could it be? Ashley Young was the second sign in of the summer of two thousand and eleven following the arrival of Phil Jones. Oh, I completely forgot about Phil Jones. Oh, him and his stupid face. The girl. I'd never get my United questions wrong. I know, and it makes me a little bit happy. All right, so um, here's one for you. Again, sort of themed... I didn't purposefully theme them on Euros, but obviously I, I couldn't think of a, a particular topic to do research in. But here's one. So Jadon Sancho looks likely to make the Euro 2020 squad if England make it. Um, with that, he'll be the first player who has made a 23-man squad playing outside of the Premier League since 2004. Granted, he still stays at Borussia Dortmund. Can you name the two non-Premier League players in the 23-man squad in England's 2004 Euro squad? Owen Hargreaves. Yes. And is it outside of the Premier League or outside of England, did you say? Outside of the Premier League. Actually, outside of England. Outside of England, okay. I didn't check if there's like championship players in there, to be fair. Oh, it'll be David Beckham. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> That's really annoying. <laughs> Man. Too easy, that one. Give you a hard one, then an easy one. Don't, don't worry, I've got an easy one for you now. Okay, you say that. Um, who are the current joint top Premier League goal scorers? Oh, what, this season? Yeah. Uh, Tammy Abraham? Yeah. And... We have got about seven goals. Uh, where are... Arne? Oh. I should know this. This should just roll off the tongue. Uh, oh man, this should be easy, shouldn't it? <laughs> I feel like Tammy Abraham's got about seven, if I'm not mistaken. And then I feel like Sadio Mane doesn't have seven. And it's not Salah. Mane's got more than Salah. 
Uh, who else scores goals? Man City won 8 0 in one game, so. Who scored in that game? Sterling? This should be a lot easier than I'm than I'm making it out to be. Um. Hmm. Gotta be it's gotta be a city player because they won a game. They they scored bare goals. Sterling's in my fantasy squad, and he would have made me more points if he scored so many goals. I'm just gonna say a. a Sort of stab in the dark, but it's got to be Aguero, surely. Okay, so the two players that you didn't mention were Team and Pookie. Yeah, I know Pookie hasn't. Pookie's up there, but not the top. And Abamyang. Abamyang. Oh, is it? Was I rock? Was it Abamyang? The correct answer was Tammy Abraham. Yeah. And Sergio Aguero. Jeez, man, ain't ready for me, cuz. <laughs> Coming in with some. <laughs> no, I can't even do it. <laughs> Does that mean we're back level now? Is it 1 1? 2 2? 1 1? I've given you. You've got one right. I've got. I think I've got two right, haven't I? Uh, no, you just got... I've only asked you two questions. The first question was the Greece player. You got that wrong. Oh, and yeah. then you got the yes. Owen Hargreaves and Beckham. Cool. So I actually have... Actually, I'm going to give you this one based on current stuff. So, Liverpool are currently oh, on man. a 17-game winning streak going into the international break. Which Italian team went on a 17-game winning streak in the 2006-2007 season. You said it was current? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned Liverpool. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, <laughs> right, around that time, 2006-2007? Yeah. I'm trying to think who... Oh... 2006, 2007. I'm going to go AC Milan. AC Milan. So, yeah. of the, the decent teams around that time in Italy, you had obviously AC Milan, of course, Inter Milan, AS Roma, Lazio were doing bits. Um, I can reveal to you the correct answer was a team managed by Roberto Mancini either side of draws with Udinese it was Inter Milan who went on a 17 game winning streak oh my you're incorrect gutted love the fact that you didn't mention Juve by the way well I can't remember when Juve got relegated that season do you remember that no I don't think it was yeah mad absolute madness yeah right 1-1 yes I think we've had this question before but I'm going to ask you again which player scored the quickest Premier League hat-trick oh Robbie Fowler yeah hang on Aguero taking over him 
I remember that game where Aguero scored like five goals in the first half and then got subbed off. Uh, that was significant because he's... I can't remember if it was significant because he scored so many goals or because that was the quickest hat-trick. Um, I feel like Thingy did it in like nine minutes or something. What's his name? No, 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 no. Sadio Mane did it recently. Yes, Sadio Mane did it recently. So I'm going to say Sadio Mane. Yeah, that's that's correct. Ah. Sadio Mane done it. Southampton versus Villa in two minutes and 56 seconds. Yes, I do remember. That was ridiculous. It's probably why Liverpool Fowler, by the way, you saying Fowler was the most confident thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> Robbie Fowler did score a quick hat-trick once, though, didn't he? Yeah, he scored it in uh, under five minutes against Arsenal. Ah, oh, so yeah, I had you know reason to be sort of confident. I've heard that stat before. <laughs> cool. Okay, Dan, I've pressure. got um, pressure. I've got another generic one for you. Uh, it's about goalkeepers. So there have been five goalkeepers who have scored in the Premier League. There was Peter Schmeichel in two thousand and one. Brad Friedel in 2004, Paul Robinson in 2007, Tim Howard in 2012. But can you name the fifth goalkeeper who did it in 2013? Oh. I'm just trying to think. I feel like someone like Ben Foster. Two thousand and thirteen. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Um, he would have been at Watford at the time. Um, I yes. can reveal to you that the correct answer. Is, uh, he's recently just left the Premier League, actually. It was Asmir oh. Begovic. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. Asmir Begovic scored in 2013. Right, so I, I need you to mess up now. <laughs> Here we go. Back in the game, ladies and gents. Right. Straightforward. Okay. Who scored the most penalties in Premier League history? Oh. Oh. Have we had this question before? No, we haven't. Uh, I can tell you they scored 32 penalties. 32? Oh, I feel like it's got to be someone like uh, Stephen Gerrard played for a long time. Mark Noble takes penalties and doesn't really miss, but I don't think he's taken 32. Um, Ryan Giggs was in the Premier League a long time, didn't always take penalties. Gareth Barry played a lot of games, didn't always take penalties. Um, what other players played for a long time and took penalties? Alan Shearer. Ah. Alan Shearer's, what do you got to be a, a candidate for this? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for it. Alan Shearer. Whew. Right. 
so oh well, I was the right player, no the the player oh, okay. that uh the player that scored the most you never actually mentioned Rooney nope uh, he also scored bare goals. Well, uh, well, I'll tell you. I will tell you now, my friend. Hit me. It was uh, it was Frank Lampard. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, I didn't mention Frank Lampard. Oh, I said Gerard and Wasteman. Of course, it was this Frank is Lampard. pressure now. You know, this is pressure now. Okay, I've got two questions. One's quite funny. And I think you'll get, so I'm not going to ask you that one yet. Over the last five major tournaments that England have qualified for, they've had different number sevens in each squad. Can you name at least three of them for a, for a point? I'll give you six guesses. Such a good question. <laughs> right. The only banker that I have is Theo Walcott. Correct. Now I'm struggling. Um, I can't even remember who was the number seven for. This is after the David Beckham era. Yeah, I can't remember who the number seven was in last year's World Cup. <laughs> um, Kane was number nine. Who was number... Was Raheem Sterling number ten? Or was he number seven? Right, I'm going to say Raheem Sterling. Correct. I don't think Sean Mike Phillips would have been one. Uh, I'm going to lose one of my guesses by saying Frank Lampard. Incorrect. <laughs> yeah. I have three more guesses. And I just need one more. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know if it is. I think I'm just. I feel like I'm just overthinking it. <laughs> um, I'm enjoying the struggle. Honestly, I've got James Milner in my head now. I think that's just because he's Liverpool's number seven. on the right of Phil Walcott Fabraheem Sterling Aaron Lennon was never on the main number one so he would never have got the number seven shot oh this is killing me <laughs> um, screw it James Milner incorrect <laughs> your last chance to get one Hit or miss right now. I've got two more. Oh, sorry, you've got you've got, you've got two more. Yeah, actually, he's cheating me out. I should get the point by default. I should give you five guesses. <laughs> oh, Sean Wright Phillips. 
Incorrect. <laughs> that was that was the only other blow. That's only any other right winger I knew. Do you want a sort of clue? Go on. Raheem Sterling was our number seven at the last Euros. He was our number ten at the last World Cup. Uh, doesn't help me. Well, it does. <laughs> so it we, had a, we had a different number seven at last year's World Cup. Oh, Delhi was number 20. Delhi was number 20. Uh, Kane was number nine. Vardy was something odd. Who was our number seven? Oh my god. Um Yo, you're so close. I don't think it was Rashford. struggling to just think of players now this is tense um i am going to go oh do you know i don't even know i don't even know i'm just trying to think now let's go for it united Jesse Lingard. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was number seven at last year's World Cup. The other ones you could have had was Aaron Lennon, who you dismissed. Oh, did I? Yep. And oh. Jack Wilshire. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That was, a, that was a tough one. I thought you would have got that. Yeah. Straight away. Pretty pleased with that I'm question. pleased about that one. I should have gave you five guesses um, instead of six. Right, okay. So I have to get this right, right? You, you... It's, that's a tie break now, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Ooh, wow. Um... Right. Whatever present Premier League side... Yeah. Tops the Premier League history table with the most red cards. Um, and I'll give you, I will give you more than one guess. Oh, really? Okay. I will, I, I will give you two guesses. Oh, well, I can potentially potentially waste this one, and I'm going to go straight in and say Everton. Wow, didn't even waste it, buddy. 
Everton is correct. 95 oh. red cards. I had a feeling just because they had, what's his name? Duncan Ferguson always used to foul people. <laughs> Sick. Okay. That means I've got the tiebreaker question for you now. Okay, so um, recently, Colleen Rooney, wife of Wayne Rooney, found out that Rebecca Vardy, wife of Jamie Vardy, had been selling stories to the Sun newspaper. With this, former Miss Great Britain, Danielle Lloyd, also claimed to be the victim of Rebecca Vardy's wrath. Can you name the ex-Premier League footballer that Danielle was married to between 2012 and 2014? Is it bad that I know this? <laughs> I knew you would know this. Uh, is it Jamie O'Hara? It is Jamie O'Hara. <laughs> I thought I'd throw you off with something about wags, but you were well in the know. Honestly, honestly that is bad, isn't it? Wow. That's a, the problem is... It's, the question about wags is the most confident I've been on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, right, okay. I've I, actually got another question for you, so it's okay. Okay, I don't have a spare question for you, but I've got one I can think of, maybe. Okay, yeah, hit me. Uh, right, I'll give you two guesses for this as well. Okay. Actually, ooh, I'll give you more than two guesses. No, I'm gonna, no, I'm going to be an ass. I'm going to give you two guesses. Um, which Premier League team has had the most penalties saved? Oh, had the most pre- penalties saved. Fifteen. Um, in Premier League history, is that? Yep. Oh man. A clue, a clue is they aren't an ever-present. Oh. Oh, that changes everything. And, and they are in the Premier League now. Not an ever-present, but they're in the Premier League now. So that leaves us with Norwich City in up and down. Man City have been up and down. Uh, Everton have always, Everton are ever-present, Liverpool are ever-present. Uh, who's been up and down but been up a lot more Burnley I don't think I've been in Wolves were in for quite a while oh new how many guesses do I have I'll give you actually I'm going to give you three a three okay cool Uh, well I'm going to say Newcastle off the cuff that's incorrect Villa just came back up. Uh, actually, West Ham have been down a few times. They like they score penalty. Mm. I'm only just thinking that because of Mark Noble. He doesn't seem to miss penalties. Let me. I'll give West Ham a try. West Ham. So, despite the fact that you think Mark Noble scores a lot, yeah. And I'm saying most penalties missed. You're going with Mark. You're going with West Ham. Wait a minute, what's the question? <laughs> Who has missed the most penalties? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said penalties. They've had the most penalties saved. Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, uh, you can still go for... Do you want... You can go for West Ham, because you've still got two guesses. Yeah, I'll go for West Ham. Yeah? Yeah. It's correct. <laughs> You're done, no. Okay. Big up myself. Uh, so, recently, the Czech Republic beat England in a Euro qualifier. But who is the Czech Republic's all-time leading goal scorer? Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, that's tough. Because <laughs> I think it's between Yang Collar and Milan Barros. You only get one guess. So it's going to be one of them then. It might not be. I'm going to go Milan Barros. So uh, Milan Barros has scored, I think, 41 international goals. Vladimir Smitsa has scored 27. Jan Koller really <laughs> has scored 55. <coughs> oh, no. Even though Milan Barish has a couple more caps, he's got a couple less goals. <laughs> Somebody like that. Wow. There we go. After a very tense quiz, Silas is on the comeback. Prevails. Yes. Just like Man United will be in years to come. <laughs> right. Okay. So, congratulations. Thank you. I'm going to breeze over this. I'm going to breeze over that because I'm bitter. <laughs> go on. Ladies and gentlemen, Next weekend is the big one. It is. It's the Old Trafford, Manchester United versus Liverpool. Um, I'm guessing you're going to come back off loan. Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm going back to my parent club this weekend. Yeah, half oh, there. Yeah, okay. and we're going to do it. We're going to watch the game together. Yep. We've, we've designed and a very special edition logo where we are wearing yep. the respected kits of our teams yep. that they'll be wearing on the day, I believe. We hope. We yeah. hope otherwise we do. We will look like fools. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's something to look forward to. It's going to be very tense. Yeah. And someone is not going to have a good time. <laughs> someone is not going to have a good time, which means you lot all will. So enjoy. Yeah. I think basically, I think if Man United lose, it's kind of to be expected. If Liverpool lose, it's, it's really embarrassing for you, given how bad Man oh, United wow. are. So, so, oh, wow. See, so you're, you're applying the pressure already. So you've got more to lose is what I'm saying. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice one, Tan. And, um, and on that note, we'll catch you next weekend for the special edition See you then. Have a good night, mate. Bye. Bye.